we need a catchphrase. Okay, I have a catchphrase. Okay. Lights, camera, podcast. That doesn't describe what our podcast is, though. But it's like a catchphrase. It's like a it's catchy, a it's a catchy phrase. Describe, but like, you know, I'm loving it. That reminds you, that's because that describes what McDonald's is, but this doesn't describe. That's their catchphrase. I'm loving it, right? Yeah, but that doesn't describe anything about McDonald's. It describes everything about McDonald's. It's that you love McDonald's. I don't know what this is podcast is about though. That it could be anything. That's that's the whole point of my catchphrase: lights, camera, ca- podcast. But we, I didn't turn on the lights, and I didn't turn on a camera. It was right. But on. what is it? What is? What am I loving? That's that. It, it's an abstract idea. I'm hey, our guest is in advertising sometimes, and he may have some. But, but he's not allowed. He, this is not guest time. This is host this, time. This, this host time. We have to discuss this. I'm yeah. just saying. I'm. I, I'm not feeling it. Okay, fine. Okay, I'm tired. I'm so tired of arguing with you. Fine. You know, we. I. I don't say. Don't get tired. We will get this eventually. We will get the correct catchphrase. Okay. All right. Okay. Who are you again? Keegan Shiner. And who am I? Eric Schwartz. And who are we now? Dumb creators. Dumb creators. No, not just comics. Also, other things that we make. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, we also have guests who don't create comics. We have like other guests who create other things. But we still have comic guests. We still comic guests, but we have other creators too. Everybody, be cool. Mm -hmm. We have a guest today named Faraz, who actually is not a comic creator. Despite the fact that we said we have comic creators, he's not a comic creator. Sometimes he, we have comic creators. But sometimes we have comic creators. Yeah. Our, our guest today, Faraz, is a producer slash creative designer at for the Playground Theater in Chicago. Creative um, director. Creative director. If I could, of the Playground Theater. Yep. Of the Playground Theater. Okay. I, I got his name correct. I just couldn't get his you know, title. <laughs> he only correct. got his first name. Oh, he got his first name. I, I don't want, I'm uncomfortable. Do you know his last get, name? It's Alexander, I think, but I'm boom. You got it. I was for sure I was gonna get it wrong, so that's why I was trying. I was, to, you know, I was it. pretty sure too, and yeah. especially because that's been your bit for like two years is getting the guest name wrong. And then that, that was up- your like chance to do it. Yeah, but then became the bit of upsetting you. And Faraz knows both of us, so Faraz can have a stronger like opinion if I get it wrong that affects us more. So okay, not right. that, not not trying to be mean to our previous guests. Okay. I think it'd be right. funnier if you got my name wrong and, and Keegan was upset, more upset about it than I I was. So. Oh, he gets upset every time. Oh, I am upset. Like, no, I think it's completely it's unprofessional. Yeah, yeah. it drives like, me freaking very, crazy. It's not it a is very unprofessional. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's very unprofessional. Yeah, I mean, any other podcast doing that would be off off Spotify <laughs> bands, you know? Thankfully, nobody listens to this, so sure. it's, it's all sure. good. Well, he, he screamed at me off camera, on camera, <laughs> in person. He's Great. Like, He's literally had me come over to visit him to be like, you know why you're here, Mike, to hang out. He's like, no, because you're unprofessional and we need to discuss this right now. I'm like, I drove an hour for this. And he's like, yeah, then I'm that upset. So this seems more like a bit of a therapy session than like a podcast. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I fell asleep. Uh, what happened? <laughs> What's he talking about now? It's an intervention. Episode. All right. I think we have an ad break. Yes, uh, I was tasked with doing the ad yeah. break. Do you want to do the ad break or do you want me to do it? For us, do you want to do the ad break? Oh, I'd love to do the ad break. Okay. Yeah, maybe I'll do it though. Okay, great. Okay. So we're supposed to, I don't know why we're even doing this because we've done it so many weeks in a row and we're not getting paid, Uh, but we did, but he did give us mugs. Yeah. Uh, So today we're talking about the, the mugglybunch.com. 
mm-hmm. formerly known as manymuggles.com, which still redirects. And I talked to him about the redirecting and now it's working properly. So mugglybunch.com, go on there. He's actually making NFTs as well, but you can make your own muggle, muggly. They're mugglies now. He didn't want to get sued by the Harry Potter Inc. Yeah. Very litigious. <laughs> yeah. Super, probably super litigious. Yeah. So, so you can make a probably now they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Super. Yeah, yeah. 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 So mugly, make a mugly and then make a mug. And, and, and there's like a billion combinations. Yeah. That's probably not right, but there, there's a, a lot of combinations. That was a nice looking mug. Can, can we see the mug again? Actually? I mean, yes. It yeah, looks supposed to look like me. It was designed to look like me. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, you get like, you can put your name on there. You, you can, can give it to a coworker. Yeah. As a joke. And yeah. Or like, if you break your coworker's mug, you could get them a new one. Or if you want your coworker to notice you more, you can get a picture of yourself to give it to them. Yeah. Makes a great Mother's Day or Father's Day gift. Yeah. Yeah. So check out mugglybunch.com, M-U-G-G-L-Y bunch.com. And that is another free ad break brought to you by dumb creators. <laughs> we got a mug. That was if you story. need a free ad, we- contact us today. <laughs> we'll give you a free no, plug. They gave us a They gave us plug. a $5 mug. No, I'm just... I'm just kidding. We appreciate the mugs. We appreciate what he does. We appreciate that he listens to us still. But if um, you need an ad, we're very cheap. We're, we're yes. one of the cheapest ad breaks in the business. We just uh, give us free merchandise <laughs> and we're good. Can we get to our guest, please? This yeah, is like, I'm, I'm asleep and I'm not even listening to this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so okay. For us. Hello. That's me. Right. Uh, sir. Tell us a little bit about your life. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I didn't expect us to go so deep so fast. Specifically yeah, your uh, life. Oh, right. So I am a creative director at the Playground Theater. We're a space that help artists grow and develop. That's really like our main charge. I am mostly a producer these days, producing shows, executive producing shows. I really like the behind the scenes, putting things together, getting people in touch, putting things up on stage. That's really what I enjoy the most. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty fun. It's really fun coming up with concepts for shows. I really like that sort of finding that like aesthetic that runs through an entire show. I think that's really a good time. So then that's what I'm trying to do with comedy because, you know, there are people that want to go out there and they're like, I got to get, I got to get on SNL. I have to be in TV ads. I have to do all this stuff. I would just be happy if I'm just getting my shows up on stages in Chicago and I can live the rest of my life in Chicago, having a good time, putting on shows with my friends. That's a cool, that's a like legit outlook on life. You know, not everyone has to be an A type A. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's not to put down people that do want to have that more like successful career, get paid the big yeah. bucks to, you know, get the big chuckles out there. But, you know, I, I think there's also a real call for there to be those not like career making or job shows, you know, it's just a show that people can attend and have a good time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I love 
like local things. Like I, I love it when I go to a, a different town, if I go to like Boston or even something like Milwaukee or whatever, and then you're like, where's the comedy at? Where's the cool stuff? And then you check it out or or even even like music or or something else. And you just go into town and you're just like, this is like such a cool, like underground vibe. And we're just, we're just here to have a good time. Like no one's here because they're like, oh, I'm going to get like recognized. I'm going to get seen. Yeah. I'm going to get seen. Yeah. You know, Lord Michaels is about to walk by or whatever, you know? So that's what I love. That's cool. I miss my that day about to, My day to day <laughs> is not being seen by Lord Michaels. That's what I, that's what I do every day in Chicago as a, as a comedy <laughs> producer. You just like are always like wherever Lauren Michaels in, you're just in the background yeah. for free. Like, no, I, I'm walking away. Now, like, now, oh, you, yeah, I was gonna ask that. if that, if he's if he's there, do you make yeah. sure that you're like in behind him somewhere? Or no, I'm making sure that I'm, I'm leaving there. But <laughs> oh, okay. he can't be in the same you area. Can't even like. be. You're like the anti-matter <laughs> version of Lauren Michaels. You have your like yes. it's size. Yeah. We're in the same room. The you know the time vortex would implode yeah. and you're um, yes restraining orders yeah. to save the universe <laughs> yes i think that's what would happen yeah okay all right yeah that makes sense to me because he's so old yeah he might retire soon is what i hear i hope he does he's been putting on he's been putting on a pretty good show for a long time pretty good he's pretty good pretty, pretty good yeah yeah he's earned it <laughs> i think they should have retired after unfroze caveman lawyer you know that was it phil hartman <laughs> Oh, that was a while ago. Yeah. It was a while ago. I was, that was really, it was like really mean, but I wasn't actually trying to be that mean, but I was like, I know that's a little mean to say. Well, I mean, a lot of things because, shouldn't have happened in the 80s, but. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, cool. So what does a creative director do for a, a theater? So we're talking about an improv theater in Chicago. Yeah, uh, and people who might not know because improv is not everywhere. Improv is like you put on a show, but you don't know what's going to happen. Every single show is going to be unique. It's not like a play where, like, a scripted play where people are going to be acting the same way every single time to certain to the best extent they can. And you know how true any of that is. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know what's going to happen in every show. I mean, it it's. I think there's a little bit of a lie to the way that improv is presented to the world. And that is, come see improv comedy. Come some, see this improv theater. This is, let's just, I'm going to like, this is improvised Felix the Cat. I don't think anyone's done that. So I'm not like going to like actually be like, <laughs> be mean to anyone. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. When somebody does improvise Felix the Cat, you know, you have to thank for us for your inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I want residuals. No. So let's say someone's doing improvised Felix the Cat. Like, you know that there's going to be some things in there of what's being, like, connoted by, like, the name of it, right? And the, even if it's just, like, an improv jam or something, like, you know that there's going to be scenes. There's going to be people in those scenes. They're going to be saying a couple things. And then it's going to be edited. And it's going to go into it. Like, there's a lot more structure to it. I think sometimes when people are talking about improv, it's almost as like anything can happen. And it's like, no, not anything. It's it's really not. It's it's not literally like someone's gonna go on stage and then 
like a, you're going to follow them and there's going to be a camera and a video screen is going to go down and they're going to go out in the street. They're going to talk to someone. And like, <laughs> it's not really like anything could happen. It's like in a very small subset of things as in anything can happen on a stage with actors that are agreeing to do things with each other and hopefully not hurt each other really. Yeah, that, that yeah. sounds right. That I like to say it's a little bit like if you're listening to a big band, there's Charles Mingus big band where the musicians all play the same song together. They may play it differently sometimes than they, they did the night before, but it's yeah. the same song and you're seeing it and you're hearing it and they're, they're do all, they all know where it's going. And then they're on the other spectrum, there's free jazz, which no one listens to. Yeah, <laughs> right. But there's, there's really, I, I can't think of like an improv free jazz. It's all very, very highly structured. Well, it's like performance theater. art at that point, right? Yeah, like yeah. If, yeah. If you're it, doing it, something it where you actually don't know what you're gonna do, you're probably a performance artist, and you're gonna get in trouble. <laughs> Although I have seen some artists like that, and I have been to some shows that are kind of similar to what we're talking about right now. There was a show that was a like that I would participate in a couple of years back in Chicago that I thought was really on the cutting edge of doing all that kind of stuff. And that was a show called Bristleberg. So Bristleberg was a show that was set at a fictional town hall uh, meeting. Okay. But the town was fictional, but the meeting was real. <laughs> so instead of having that sort of stage structure where You've got the people on the stage, you know, the audience, and there's that separation and that fourth wall. There was absolutely no fourth wall. There would be performers sitting in the audience. There'd be sort of like a run of like, okay, the meeting's starting. We're going to do this. You know, there, there would be run by like the mayor and the people like that. But then you would have people that were in the audience that were not performers or participants or whatever, but they could say or do what they wanted. The performers could say or do what they wanted. And I thought that was so progressive and forward thinking it's into what a show could possibly be it's like stuff that theater you know like legit theater and i don't mean yeah. that to put down my improv buddies but come on let's face it you're showing up in a t-shirt and shorts yeah uh, <laughs> right that's right but, yeah, that's right i'm talking about like you know what people think of when they think of theater which is not improv and uh, which is a sad thing that we can talk about a little later. But uh, so as in like, literally they've been doing that. Like there's like, all kinds of theaters where it's just like, you know, really like you didn't know what's going to happen. Like once you sit, once you come in there, you know, like there was no separation between the audience and the performers, just that kind of thing. I've been to a show. I was at a show like that. I wonder if it was the same show. I was at a show like that too. I wonder if it was the same show as well. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Eric Schinzer who, who ran a show like that. Yeah. You moved to LA though. I, I got to see Eric Schinzer's final show oh, in cool. Chicago, that farewell show. And that was one of my favorite shows of all time. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if, if Eric, if made. you're, if you're watching this, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Big thank fan. You for Eric yeah. Yeah. So well, the saying... question was, the question <laughs> was, what do I do as a creative director? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the onion deal, the onion is back. So I, I mean, I can't speak for other creative directors at other improv theaters or other theaters, but to me, what my job is, is to be the overall 
sort of person that's sort of guiding the types of material and shows that we're putting on and to be another person that's there to support the artists, the producers, the tech people, our people that are at the shows just to guide the, you know, like literally like everyone or interns, just that person that's there to help guide and set things, but also there to support in like absolutely any way. When you're doing like independent theater, you know, there's no room for egos. There's no room for people that are kind of willing to do every single kind of job and just sort of show up at like, all right, I guess it's, it, we're going to do something at 11 a.m. So you can do your show at like midnight. We'll figure out how to do that. You know, it's like, that's just the job is just being there and just, uh, yeah, creating, also just creating opportunities for people to express themselves. Do you do a lot of choosing which shows come to the theater? So not really. So the playground currently we have just hired a brand new production manager okay. and that's really more that person's job to just really sort of like, be like, Hey, this looks like something that would be like a, and like, we're never, we're not really a place that's like, no, we won't help you make that too. I'm not saying like, we're just going to take like any old thing, but also it's more like, Hey, this is something that we might be really excited about and how could we make this happen? And do you think that this theater might be a good place to do it? Do you have any contacts there? And like, so we're kind of more of a, of a hive mind that kind of works together to, and behind the scenes to make sure that all these things are, are happening. And we got a lot of things coming up in, in the near future that we're like super, super excited about. Cool. We will have you plug those later and we will, if you have links to them, we will make sure we include them in. Sure. I do not have links to them. They are going to be live things that we haven't plugged in yet, but they will be it. If I can link reality, if I can link real life somehow. <laughs> we will tell people, look up away from the screen and yeah. you can find reality. Look sure. at the moon. and Unless they're really interested in seeing it on a screen and then we will make that happen. Just let us know. Okay. How did you get involved in comedy? I've always wanted to do it my whole life, but I only realized once I was like miserable and working in advertising and living in, in Kuwait. And I was like, you know what? Like, I really want to pursue my actual passion. And it, it was really sad. Like, it was like a sad thing that I found out was that like literally every, like, so I was an advertising copywriter for like five years. Literally every copywriter wants to be a comedian. Like every single one. So I was like, you know what, guys? I want to be a comedian. And they were all like, yeah, you and like everybody else in this room. <laughs> oh, okay. Great. Yeah. One of the first non, like non Second City main stage shows that I saw was one of our high school friends who was a copywriter <laughs> yeah. at an advertising yeah. company. And he yeah. he was in like on the the conservatory he did conservatory at Second City. So was this he, Tim yeah. O? Yeah, that was Tim O's show. That was Tim O's show. Yeah, I remember that. They had a really cool Star Trek sketch where like they were in the audience. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. Nice. I like Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was well done. Yeah. So um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Uh, advertising. Are dumb creators? Do you like have any like just general rules of guidelines for people in comedy in general? And then we're going to ask you specifically, like for people. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think an operating principle is to not be a jerk to people. <laughs> like, you know? like, or just only in comedy. Just in comedy. I mean, please be a jerk to people in real life. I mean, sometimes people really deserve it. But I, I'm, I'm saying really when you're working to pe with people, especially when it's something as amorphous as doing comedy, you know, you, you have people with different humors. You have people with different skills and uh, different approaches. And it's, it's really easy to just sort of write people off as well. You know, I think just to be honest, like me, me and you, Eric, I don't think anyone would have ever said like, Hey, these two are going to be buds. Like when we first started performing together, you know what I mean? It was just like, yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of it just comes from not looking at people like commodities. If you're like a producer or someone at like a big theater, that's like trying to like cast new stuff. And just giving people sort of a little bit of a benefit of a doubt and a little cushion because, you know, a lot of time when you're starting out, you're really going for the, like the lowest denominator sort of humor. So you can tell when someone is like, oh, like this is like a second year, like performer, like they haven't really like kind of hit everything yet because you can see to say like, they're like, all right, time to go blue. Oh man, I'm going to blow away these people with this stuff. You're right. And then like, you could tell like a really veteran performer. Cause you're like, oh man, they just pulled that stuff out about their taxes. That's too real. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's too real. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I honestly think that's such a huge thing. I think we live in a time of where there's a lot of people, people in the queer community, trans community, people of color. There's all these people that are asking for people to be a little bit more sensitive and to be a little more aware, you know, of just what everyone else has to go through. And I think it's really important to, to hear that out and to be honest and try things out. And when you get things wrong, just be like, Hey, sorry, I got that wrong. You know, next time, maybe we can work together and I won't get it wrong, you know? So I think it's really easy to write people off. I think it's really easy to say like, oh, well, that person's just really sensitive and they don't like my humor. Or on the other side, that person's a complete jerk. They say this is the worst stuff ever. I'm never going to work with them. I think the best is when you're working with people and you try to find that sort of middle ground, you know? I guess what I'm really saying is I think I want Barack Obama to be an improviser. <laughs> <laughs> but there are rivalries, right? Uh, there like are. Lord, there are like totally Lord, rivals. you and Lauren Michaels is, is yeah, exactly. yeah, me and Lauren Michaels don't like, get along. Uh, yeah, yeah that, but that goes deep. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like sometimes you're just never gonna you got me kicked out of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe that. I believe that. In the eighties he did this. That's why sure. he retired then. I really discovered Mike Myers. Yeah. Yeah. Never again. Never, and never find him again. Yeah. Never, yeah. I won't, I won't. I'm not going to discover Mike Myers anymore. No more yeah. Mike Myers. No. I'm sorry. I got and, sad and when you said his name because I, I was thinking about like, man, what's he been up to? You know, he made the Pentaventurate. Yeah. I can't, I can't say the title, but it's, it's something to do with the number five. I was like sort of from what the preview that I saw, it was like some sort of conspiracy thing. Yeah, conspiracy. Society. Yeah, what's it called? Yeah. The the Illuminati. Illu yeah. 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 So he used and, to and I bet 
I, I bet you a hundred, like I like not a hundred dollars, but like a hundred percent that there's a Illuminati joke in the, <laughs> in the whole thing. You know, oh, I might be an Illuminati. A hundred percent. You know, and yeah, I, I believe that. That's totally like his kind of humor. Yeah. I like So I Married an Axe Murderer. He did the gong show too. Gotta say, the gong show was really good. Yeah, I did I didn't see the gong show. He brought it back and he was in character. I, I heard about time. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't see it. Like he loves doing that like super hardcore character stuff. And, <laughs> and you know what? Great. Great for him that that's what he's like really into. I mean, that's it's it's amazing when you see people that do that kind of like super awesome character work and acting. I love when comedians do like dramatic like acting. I think it's like some of the best stuff you'll see. I love that we've sort of shattered that sort of picture in people's mind where it's like, oh, it's a comedian trying to do drama. Oh boy. This is, yeah. like, you know, yeah. thank you, Better Call Saul and <laughs> all those types of Oh shows. man, yeah, talk about. Robin Williams got an Academy Award. Will Ferrell did Stranger in Fiction, which was an absolute great, you know, serious role. Yeah. So. Adam Sandler. Oh yeah, he did the unlucky chapters. Unlucky, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but he's had a couple. He's had a couple of more dramatic like roles in his lifetime, and, and those movies are yeah. Punch Chocolate was like you know I haven't seen it in many years. Maybe it doesn't hold up, but back then it was like you know I remember twenty years ago thinking that was like one of the best movies ever. He was fantastic in it. So he yeah. doesn't hold it, up. I remember him being fantastic in it. And it, and it just builds on what I'm saying, where you shouldn't, you shouldn't just think of people as like one thing. When 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 you're when you're trying to work with people, when you're trying to work in a creative field, it's just not helpful to just think of people as just being like, oh, this is the one thing that they do. That's the only thing I'm ever going to ask them to do. It's great just finding like different roles for people and really challenging people, like in a positive way, challenging, not being like, hey, Eric, I bet you can't, <laughs> you know do like a flip in the middle of a scene or something. And then like he hurts himself, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the back of like, I, I'm yeah, saying like, yeah, I, I'm saying like, let's like, it's, it's really good when you challenge people and you're like, Hey, like, I think you would be great at, you know, doing this like Shakespearean bit that I have. And they're like, Oh, I, I'm a, I'm a stand-up comic and I do jokes from the heart, whatever. And I was like, you're like, Oh no, no, try it out, try it out. And they try out the bit and it like works amazing. You know, that's so fun. Yeah, that's that's wise. That's very wise. Yeah, yeah, it's more wisdom than I was expecting right off the bat. I usually people are just like, "Wow, well, thanks for inviting me on the podcast." <laughs> well, no, because like you feel like cause, so not to like compare like previous guests, but like a lot of my previous guests like just get out and do it. And most that's what most people say like when it comes to doing comedy, just you know get out and do it. But you're like, no, oh, keep don't. open hearts, get along with people. Yeah, but you know. In a much more like intelligent and well said way than what I just did. Yeah. Well, I would say that what's really been interesting is I've really, I hit like, I hit a really big, like, just like everyone else, I hit like a really big wall during the pandemic, you know, the first part of the pandemic. I don't even know how we were supposed to talk about any of this stuff. First 10 but years. The uh, first 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> love and cholera. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I really hit a big wall and I saw so many people posting about like, oh my gosh, I'm like putting together this dream project. And I'm like, look at this amazing thing that I've worked on throughout this whole time. And I'm putting up this and like, 
oh, like, look at me, I'm Bo Burnham. And I, and I did a whole special and Netflix gave me all this money and like, whatever. And here we go in the pandemic. And this is brilliant. And I'm like, boy, I feel bad. I didn't make anything. I didn't feel like ready <laughs> to do anything. I didn't think I had any ideas. And uh, it's really, really natural to have periods where you're, you're not being creative periods where it's not flowing, it's not coming easy. And those are the times that you really need to invest in just like looking out to the world, looking out into your loved ones, that your other passions outside of whatever the creative thing that you're doing, because that will give you more of that creative fuel when you actually do have the time to come back to it. Now that I'm sort of ramping up again, you know, I, I'm ready to do like five or six shows like right now, like off yeah. the bat. Yeah. And it, it just feels amazing to be back in that creative flow, but it wasn't something that I could force. And I had to realize that it was, it wasn't something that I could force and that I had to give up some of the sillier ideas that I had throughout the, uh, the other thing, you know, throughout the whole thing. Well, did it hit you harder because you were all like your whole creative side was going someplace, somewhere, and then all of a sudden you just couldn't go be creative? Do you think it? it no, I, I mean, I, I think to some extent, yes, but I, I think in the bigger picture, no, there was just so many other things to worry about that it was like, and, and like I said before, like I wasn't. And I still am not like a comedy career oriented person. Right. As much as when I was first starting, I was like, you know, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind writing on a TV show. And I still wouldn't hire me. But <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is like it, it not being the, the biggest motivator, the biggest thing that I'm trying to accomplish in my life has meant that, yeah, I, I haven't been as active, but I feel like now instead of the, you know, it's that quantity versus quality thing. Where I was like, before I was like gigging every night, jumping in on everyone's show every single night. You would see me at this theater, that theater, whatever. And like creatively burnt out, but not admitting it to myself. But now I feel like, I feel like it's special again and I'm excited to do it. And I feel like I could do it at a, at a level where I'm like, well, I can, I can handle this amount and I, I'll, I'll be okay. Are you one of those people, and I'm speaking from experience because I'm one of these people, are you one of those people that says they're not doing anything, but like, like sort of are anyway, you know, like, oh, like, like you said that you weren't doing anything, but I'm sure that you were doing something. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I okay. was. Yeah, all right. I was, I was working on all kinds of projects that sadly are not going to see the light of day anytime soon but that I was super, super excited about at that time. And, and it was like, it was, but it, like I was saying, like they were projects where I was really forcing the creativity and mm -hmm. that's why I feel like they never sort of like came to fruition. <laughs> it's kind of like, I, I compare it to doodling or where you, you like, are just kind of like, like, I mean, artists are so, it's so nice to be able to, I can't draw, but like, it would be so nice to just be like, this is what I do as a creative person. I draw, you know? And then like you, they, they would go through periods where they just doodle or sketch in their notebooks and have no, no, like they have no paintings. They have no, nothing to show for it, but like, yeah, 
Yeah. But like for performers and you, you can't really say that you're like, Oh, I had all these ideas, but they all sucked. And, and like, so I didn't do anything, but like, I, 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 I will stand by the actual ideas. So for me, <laughs> it's usually, it's not that the ideas don't work. It's that I can't find an execution is usually like my issue. Like I'm a big proponent in that there are, there are like no bad ideas. It's like really like how you perceive and that, that comes from advertising. So like my advertising oh, okay. background, you never knew like what like thing that someone would say would actually be the thing that you could like turn into like 50 billion other ideas and executions. And it was like, it was just some throwaway thing. And then suddenly you're like, that's it, right? So, I mean, we could talk about one of them if you want. Yeah, we'd love to. Just like what, okay. So <laughs> one thing that I was working on during the pandemic was I wanted to do a game. And the game was going to be a unauthorized experience at Michael Jordan Steakhouse. <laughs> Michael Jordan Steakhouse, the game. Okay. All right. Yeah. Right. It lets me just, you're laughing, right? I mean, it's silly, yeah, but it's, it's fun. fun. I, like, yeah. like, it's fun. Yeah. I have been obsessed with Michael Jordan Steakhouse ever since I found out that there was a place called Michael Jordan Steakhouse. <laughs> this is like Michael Jordan Steakhouse. Like, how do those two things even come into being? Like, is Michael Jordan, that amazing basketball player, is he even a fan of steakhouses? Or did a steakhouse approach Michael Jordan and they were like, hey, we love you, the basketball player, and we want you to be the thief <laughs> of our steakhouse. Have you ever eaten at Michael Jordan? No, I haven't. No, no, I, I haven't. I, I, I want to, but I'm also scared of what would happen if I were to go in. So apparently there's one table that I don't know if you can't book or if it's not booked, but guess what? It's table 23. It's the Michael Jordan table. So I guess the idea is that he might walk in at any night and sit at his own table, but obviously he never does because why would he? Oh my God. There's also, because I did a lot of, like, that's what I'm talking about. Like I did a lot of research for this. There's also a concept at Michael Jordan Steakhouse called steaksmanship. <laughs> what is that? What is exactly? What is steaksmanship, right? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's kind of like, this steak version of like good sportsmanship oh, where no. <laughs> they're kind of like guaranteeing like the quality level of the steak and like how it's going to be cooked and prepared. Like for them, no other steak restaurant, like they might be a great Argentinian steakhouse, but guess what? They don't have steaksmanship. <laughs> oh my. It's God. one of my great lost loves that I never got to produce this, this idea. It's a good game. So it, it started out as a game and then it morphed into, I was like, well, maybe I would just do it like as a, as a show and I'm going to do this show and it'll be set at Michael Jordan's steakhouse. And it will just be like me imagining what it would be like to go to Michael Jordan's steakhouse with my friends <laughs> and like have an experience there. Right. Mm -hmm. And for some reason or other, like, this is what happens when you're, you know, when you're creating, like you get like so attached to an idea and this sort of dream of how it'll happen. And then when you really actually sit down to start planning it, you realize 
this is a fever dream. This is not something um, that's like real. Yeah. This is not something I want to actually put the effort for. <laughs> spend spend to, two to years working yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Or sometimes you're like, you know, like, I really love this concept. I love all of this. But like, I just don't think as a creator, I'm ready to actually put this out into the world. And it's actually number two, I would say. Like, I, I really want to do this Michael Jordan Steakhouse <laughs> thing. But like, I just don't have the, you know, I just don't have it yet. You know, <laughs> I'm still learning. It's still a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I well, think I'll probably start with the game then. We were laughing because we thought it was like a funny idea. Not like yeah, yeah. Ahead. Not like oh no, oh, like, no. I I hope it's a little bit of both. No, I mean like it's a cool concept. It's an out there concept. Like it's like something that like I don't like. Usually, like when people describe something, they're not, like like when they describe shows, not to, like you know fufu on most shows. It's mostly like I've combined short form and long form, which like their idea. Not like they're like <laughs> at this Michael Jordan Steakhouse and steaks. Yeah, show. yeah. Everyone's different. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with that other way. It's not like my way is like any different. I I love I love it when you hear a show idea and you're excited to go see the show. I'm the biggest fan of of improv and comedy and going out, going to shows. I think it's a great night. And I just want more people to be able to experience it. It's one of those things where it's just like, it's like you have to, fight so hard against this perception of improv. And that's something that I think in the next few years, we're really going to be working really hard at, at the playground is we really want to change just at least even in Chicago, just among people like this perception of improv as it's just a bunch of silly college students or people that just sort of show up in there. Like I was saying earlier, like t-shirt shorts, and, you know, flannel and all this other stuff. And they just go and they make some make them up some sillies. And then they're like, co-workers are there. They're like, I can't believe I have to go to my and see this. And then, you know, like, I have seen some of the most amazing comedy. I've seen incredible dramatic scenes, things that surprised us, things that were so incredible and in the moment. And like, that's the problem, right? It's like, if it's like going, <laughs> if like going to someone like, go, to go back to the Charles, Charles Mingus thing that you were saying, it's like going to someone and being like, man, at that mega show last night, that the bassist, that solo was incredible. It was, it was like, blah, 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 blah. Right. And you'd be like, <laughs> well, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Anyways, I'm going to go on with my day now. I have to file some things, you know, like it, it's, it sucks because it's one of those things that you had to be there. So it's like, how do you get more people there? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think it's one of those things if just people saw it and, and they just took, took more of a chance to see it. I think it would change everything. There, Sorry, are, I mean, there are bad shows. I'm, I mean, oh, absolutely. That, but, that but, go up every, but, every week. Like the same show goes up every week. Right. Like, or, or like I was even thinking while you were talking about like how those level a through E and they have like three shows. Right. Where, yeah. and it's like only, it's like basically an adult community education class where anyone can get into this. And then they have three shows and like they invite all their friends and family and that's their only experience watching improv. And those yeah. are not, those are not great shows. Those are no. not experienced yeah. improvisers. But when you go see yeah. like TJ and Dave. I love TJ and Dave. Yeah. Or like, yeah. or other IO produced shows in, in the, the heyday, 
you know. Yeah. Well, the, oh, we're at the Annoyance right now. There's a lot of incredible artists and incredible shows that are being put on. Flavor, flavor, flavor. It's like incredible. They're doing a great job right now. And also, like, for people that are out there, like, there are so many people. Like, like I know I said that I'm not interested in it, but it seems that if you are interested in talented actors, artists, and writers, there are so many people in the improv community that go on to be those like super famous people like later on. So, I mean, there was, I just, just off the top of my head, I could think of like so many people that are like now doing incredible things in like Hollywood and New York and everything like that. And they were just like, oh yeah, I just did an improv thing. Yeah, they were just there 10 years ago. You were on stage yeah. with them. And then now they're writing for, you know, late night shows. And, yeah, and all and, of that. Yeah, and it's incredible. And, and so, I mean, if that's a draw for people, fine. <laughs> well, anything we can do to get them to come check out these shows. Like, you'll see the next famous funny writer person come to the show. Please. <laughs> but what you do, I think, for us, like, just because, like, I've known you for a while, like, not breaking the fourth wall with your friends, but like you're able to get shows. I like, did admit that earlier. Yeah. Yeah. You did admit that earlier. <laughs> that like you get the Gerald Publix thriller. You have a show that you produce called the Phantom Pilots, which mm-hmm. if I were to describe just your basic improv show, most people are like, that's neat. It's a montage. People are going up and pretending stuff. But like, like, no, we've got this like show where like he's got a thousand and one like pilot episodes and he's going to make the next episode for it and they're going to act it out they're going to play the characters and they're going to like do it and it's going to be made up right there and even if you go like a different if you get the same pilot it's going to be a different pilot the next time so you're never going to have it the same you got this cool like way to get like the general public that would care to be involved like i think that's what you do very well compared to like again not like the i combine short form and long form that's something that other improvisers would care about but not the general public Oh, I like improv. I, I like short yeah. form and I like I short form and long no, form. And it, it sounds fun if someone would be like, we'll put long form and short form together. No, I, like I, like the, I like the praise. I'm just saying, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with the other thing that you're that you're saying. I'm not um, saying it's either. I'm right, just saying great. that, like, it's just like, it's more like a niche way of putting it, which I like your way. It's more like a friendly to all way of putting it. Thank you. And I just want to talk a little bit more about that whole, like, bad show thing. And I think it's just, it's, it's just so weird that with so many other art forms, right? Like that you could have a bad band, right? Like I, I was walking by like a arts festival, like earlier, and there was like a band playing and they weren't great. You know, it was, it was funny, yeah, yeah. but it's like, no one's going to be like, oh man, you know, all music sucks. <laughs> Boy, do I hate live music. That's true. That's you know, sometimes that's it goes to live music and they're really bad, you know, stand up. Yeah, stand up is so much more, I, I think, appreciated by the mainstream community. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, come on, you know, we've all we've all seen it, like the really bad stand up. It's amazing when it's good, but when it's bad, it's really bad. But you could say that of any art form. Oh yeah. And and I just want people to see more of the good stuff. And I, I would say in Chicago right now with the the Buckhouse Theater, the Annoyance Theater, there's tons of shows at Corn Servitory. There's a lot of amazing stuff out there and people, you, you should be going and seeing these shows, the Lincoln Lodge, there's shows there like every night and they, they have stand up and improv and everything. Like, I don't care if people are coming to playground shows or not. I mean, I want them to, but I would rather they're, they're just going and checking out improv and checking out all this like great stuff that's out But there. also go to playground. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly. Well, yeah. But, but also go to playground shows. Yeah. That mostly, means, that mostly, means mostly. you're like, you're like, you know what? I was really inspired to go check out these shows after listening to you on this podcast. 
but not yours. Not yours. <laughs> yeah. That'd be really big. It's here. No, it's a, it's a high tides float all boats, but you know, the playground is yeah. also a boat. Go on that. It's boat. also a boat. Yeah. <laughs> what? No, I don't know, but I feel like I understood <laughs> what? like a lizard brain level, right? Like, yeah. The no, it's, is no the statement is high tides I, are. I, I think we found the playgrounds like mantra for the next year. We're going to be posting it on our website, <laughs> all our social media. The playground is also a boat. <laughs> Maybe that's what we needed this whole time. We'll build a party boat, invite everyone off to it. Improv theater boat. Exactly. Improv. They'll have to watch improv. That's oh, the that's OP thing on this boat. And they can't so, leave. Yeah, and they can't leave. That's the best part. So the no, the there's no such thing as a bad show because you're a captive audience. You're stuck you really because... So the big thing for years at Second City was Turco. And I, I guess still they up, would... I think. Yeah. Sure. But I mean, I think it's not the contract that they had with the like. Oh, really? They, like, oh, okay. the, the, they, they were like, go on like these like cruises and they'd be like performers on the cruise to do like Second City material out there. I think they lost that. But that was a really big deal for a lot of people in the community. And I'm not putting that down because people were like, I'm getting paid. I'm doing improv, doing this. But I'm saying like, maybe we should steal that actually. <laughs> Just do our own boat shows. Like, yeah, this this has been great for me. I, I... Okay, well, great. Hey, for us, great great having you on. <laughs> yeah. Interview's over. No. <laughs> okay. no, we're good. It's still going. Don't leave this yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, really, it has been great. Having Never already checked out. So do you have any shows coming up that you want to plug or just in general, the playground? No. So coming in Mondays in October at the Conservatory, all of this is subject to sort of change a little bit. That's why I'm being a little bit wary about the plugs is going to be, we're bringing back the playground mixer. So the playground mixer was an improv jam. It's a fantastic improv jam. It's great for people that have never been able to get out there but also for veterans. So newer players get to play with older players. And it's it's just such a good time. You never know what's going to happen. Is that going to be, so you know what time it's going to be on Mondays or just? So so like I said, there's things that are sort of being like worked out right now. So It's an improvised plug, Eric. Don't yeah, it, it really is. So that's going on. There's also a show that I'm going to be executive producing with the great Phoebe Connets called Contextants. That's going to be coming up hopefully in November. Once again, it's, this is like, I didn't expect to be doing this. So this is one of those things where these plugs, they're kind of in the air right now, but like, we're, we're really trying to put these things on and they're, they're going to be amazing. But once they do actually get solidly put into our calendar and then I'm really excited. This is not like a playground show, but and I can't tell you where the show is going to be right now, but Thursdays in November. This is exclusive for this podcast. Oh, wow. No, wow. People don't even know this yet. Oh, I'm so excited. Edgar Allan Poprov is coming back <laughs> to Chicago. Oh, oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Edgar Allan Poprov. We're coming back. We're in process right now, rehearsing and putting everything back together. I don't want to say too much because I'm just a performer on this project. I'm not like leading it, but I am so excited it was one of my favorite shows of all time that i ever did here in chicago and uh, now we have a chance to do it again and uh, yeah it's the the dates are booked in november every every, every thursday awesome cool. well yeah congrats that's all that sounds good it's super exciting so something that i didn't really get to talking about is some of my own personal philosophy about we should be doing as improvisers moving forward 
<laughs> and I think there's a real space for improv shows that are are less less casual, a little bit more theatrical. Mm-hmm. And this show, like, it's so theatrical. Like, people in period costumes and makeup and smoke and all. It's it's incredible. And it's improvised. That's what I love. It's it's like going to see like almost any other kind of theater show, but you know that everyone's making this up. But it's it's just incredible. It's fun. And, and awesome. I love the work of Edgar Allan Poe. Like, what an incredible, incredible artist. It's dark. It's dark. Yeah. Yeah. You but should it's have good. him on the show. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you invite him on. Well, we're gonna get him and Harry Carey next week. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Carey is dead. They're doing a two-person improv show. Um, oh yeah! Show. Oh, now, that, <laughs> now that I would, now that I would watch. Great, great people from history doing improv together. <laughs> next next show, like just like famous, like you're gonna ask the audience for famous people through history, and then that's their character. Or you can build a time machine. <laughs> Fill time break famous people from history on yeah. now you have to go on stage and do improv yeah. like no <laughs> back in time i want to go back no i'm like no not so you gotta get a half hour of your time counter pitch a new bill and ted movie where bill and ted have to go through time and finding history people or else they're gonna fail their second city class <laughs> Because their sketch comedy saves the world one day. Yeah. One day, they have the greatest sketch of all time. Yeah. Even the air is clean because of their sketch. <laughs> Something that I thought was really cool about all the Bill and Ted movies is they are actually all written by the same guys. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know like the, I knew, like, the first and second one were written by the same. I didn't realize the third one was. Yeah, yeah, the last one too, I think. And I actually think it really holds up. Yeah, they I like do. all. They, I, like, they, I like. They do all the Bill Ted yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah. I like all of them. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Underrated as comedies, I think. I think everyone tries to act like they're better than something like a Bill and Ted, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. it's like comedy for babies, right? But actually, <laughs> it 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 does a lot of what I'm talking about, where Bill and Ted are these two really dumb guys, right? <laughs> that sort of just want to enjoy things, the things that they like, the things that they like together and sort of put that out for the world. And they sort of want to follow their dreams. Like, I don't know any other dumb people like that, but <laughs> what? wait, oh my God, wait a second. <laughs> you found them. I guess we got a new name for the podcast. Yeah, Bill and Ted's, Bill and Ted's podcast. Unauthorized. Unauthorized podcast. Brought to you by the- Michael Jordan's Steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> we did not talk about Michael Jordan or Bill and Ted the entire time, but it's there. Yeah. I think people should go watch Bill and Ted again. I wish you too. It's, it's good. I, so too. It's really good. I You know, I didn't like the third one so much. I haven't seen it okay. That's okay. We well, all I feel like opinions. in 10 years, I might. Like, I felt like it was maybe for a 40-year-old version of myself. I'm older. Ah, I liked it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Maybe that was it. I liked, like, I, I think one of my favorites was there was like a, the, there was, I always like it 
when movies, it's like a really hard thing to pull off in a movie where you have like a side character in the background that goes through something that's like just as interesting as the main characters. You know, the guy that I'm talking about in that yeah. movie where yeah, he's yeah. like, yeah, got the things going on with the robots and all this other stuff. Oh yeah. That was the best part. I, that's I really the best part that of the part. movie. Yeah. And yeah. it was really, really funny. And it's really, really hard to pull off because you're like, anytime you're going away from like the main plot of a movie and you're just dealing with like these like sub things, it could just be like, why am I, why are you wasting my time with this unfunny stuff? But I but thought it was just really, it was like, it built. I would almost built. love to see the like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead version of this third Bill and Ted movie where it's just like from the perspective of that character and all that other stuff is happening in the background. Yeah. That's a good, that's, that's a good me. idea. Yeah. You should write yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I, sh- I should, I should write that, but uh, that would be a very niche show too. Like not many people would, would like understand it, but it would, I think it would play to a certain audience. Yeah, yeah. A certain audience called Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Bill and it could be called like Bill and Ted are off on their like Bill and Ted yeah, are off on their adventure. Yeah. <laughs> Bill and Ted are off on their adventure. Yeah. <laughs> and it's three movies and it just follows everybody else in Bill and Ted's life. So waiting on <laughs> Bill and Ted. Waiting on a yeah. waiting on a phone booth or something. Like they have the teacher <laughs> going like getting on a phone booth. Yeah. <laughs> The teacher from the first movie, like, I really hope Bill does instead succeed. I don't want them to fail. Like, I really hope they do a good job. Yeah. He's like them at night. And, I, and then he's him sleeping. Funny. So this is what you do all the time. You just make them up and uh, yeah. you're, fun- you're funny and people come watch you do this. And Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It's it's a real, real low stakes. Oh, cool. Sounds yeah. like a fun yeah. thing to go see. And that is the playground theater again. Yeah, that's the Playground Theater. Yeah, we're coming back. So we're producing shows at all the theaters in Chicago that will have us. And uh, yeah, it's fantastic. It's a good time. The Playground mark of approval is an amazing mark of approval if you can get for your shows. So also feel free to submit. We like working with all kinds of artists. Basically right now, I'm spearheading a producer's workshop. So I'm working with about five different producers to produce those six different shows that I was telling you about that'll be cool. coming up. So there's a lot of opportunities, it seems, in Chicago for people that want to go and learn how to perform. There's like comedy studies programs that are focused on like the admin, but also like going and performing. Yeah. But it seems that there's like no program for people that want to learn how to like put on shows and like yeah. talk to venues. And it's like, a steep learning curve too. It's yeah. so steep and it's so hard. And you get so many things wrong. And I would love it if anything that I've learned over the last five years of producing like live shows here in Chicago, uh, I would really love if I could get some of that back to the community and have people, you know, put on the things that they want to put on with their friends and for people that they care about for, for everyone in Chicago and, and to just, you know, they'll start creating more and they'll show more people and it'll just keep spreading. Sounds great. A plague. <laughs> At your album, a book? plague of joy. A plague of joy. Yes. The mask of the black joy. What? Edgar Allan Poe. 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 The mask of the black death. Edgar Allan Poe. I'm so sorry. Yeah. You said the mask of the black joy, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh...
Ah. Yeah, classic. I'm sure I'm getting fired from this. If you could tell, I I love I love making Eric feel uncomfortable with just like us a little bit of an awkward silence, (laughs) a little wait. Like I feel like sometimes Eric, like like Eric, I love you. You're a good person, and Keegan, you're great too. Yeah, it's really great. I'm okay. Really okay. You're fine. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, Uh, I I I really enjoyed this whole experience. I'm just saying, like it's. It's fun to it's fun to mess around, and that's what we do on stage, and it's all in good fun. And you know what? Like, that was an act. I wasn't offended at all. Cool. Go ahead. Right. Although, audience, I might be emailing you tomorrow. I'll see how I feel about it tomorrow. Don't worry. We'll edit. We'll edit this out, so I won't be looking horrible. No, we won't. No, 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 we're not. No, no. 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 This is a one take wonder. For us, thank you again for coming on the show. It's thank been great you. having you. Thanks for having me. Well, yeah. Find them at the Playground Theater. And do you have any like or just around Chicago? Just no. around Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't do it. I don't. Wherever do Lord Michael is, not, not, not. Or not there either. Or not Michael Schwartz's Ranch Steakhouse. Not there. Don't look me up on social media, please. No, no don't do that. Okay. Don't do that. All right. Cool. Yeah. I'm on Twitter, on Facebook, <laughs> but don't look me up. You are on there, but <laughs> I am on all of it. But, but no, don't look me up. No, don't. I don't okay. want to be followed. Stop following me. You know who I'm talking to. Okay, I'll leave you alone. God. Uh, finally. <laughs> he gets it. The reason you came on this podcast, I'm assuming, is to get Eric to stop following you on Facebook. I wouldn't be surprised if like a process server comes by my door one second and be like, you've been served. You have to leave. We knew yeah, he would be here. Yeah, He's on to us. <laughs> he's on to us. Cool. Thanks for us. Thank, Thank you. Later. Bye. Yep. Bye. Bye.